And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. As a matter of fact, it's not just me. It's the entire team at Lifestyles Unlimited. So what I really should tell you is that we're working on your financial freedom. However, according to Newsmax, now get this. Are you sitting down? You need to be sitting down for this. According to Newsmax, the housing market is dead. That's what it says on my screen. Housing market dead from high prices. The housing market is dead. So what are we to do? If the whole housing market is dead, what do I, as a real estate investor, do? Well, I go out and I, I buy more assets. That's what I do. But, but Al, it says right there on your screen, the housing market is dead from high prices. And you know what I think? In my little mind, I think well, this is good news. This is really good news. Now, let me elaborate on why this is such good news to the real estate investor. First of all, it completely supports the theories and hypotheses set forth by our founder and CEO, Del Walmsley, when he said the market is slowing down. As a matter of fact, he's, he was seeing in, from his personal investing experience, now he buys, he buys a lot of commercial real estate, mostly apartment communities, he has seen something called retrades. What's that? What's a retrade? Okay, I guess I got to explain myself. A retrade is when you go into an asset. In other words, you go to buy that asset. Let's say it's a 100-unit apartment community. Dell buys much bigger properties than that, but it doesn't matter how big the property. Let's just say it's a 100-unit community. So he makes an offer on that community, and the offer is accepted. So now Dell goes through something called due diligence. What he does is he gets the smartest people available to him, and he brings them to the property, and then they go through everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. They go through the financials. They go through the records. They actually inspect every single unit as well as every common area to identify deficiencies in the asset. And once he's done with that, he takes all that data and he compares it to the offer that he made. And what he is finding is that once he does his due diligence, he realizes that the asset is not necessarily worth what he initially offered to pay for it. And as a result of that, he has two choices. He can either step away from the deal or he can do something called a retrade. Now, a retrade is nothing more than going to the, the owner of the property that currently owns it, that you're trying to buy it from, and saying, hey, look, I still want to buy this asset. I really want to buy this asset. However, the asset is not necessarily worth what I thought it was worth. And here's all my financial data to support that. As a result of that, we have two options. Either I'm just going to step away from the deal and let you sell it to somebody else. Hopefully you can get somebody to come in and pay over market prices, or you can sell it to me and I will close on the, the transaction. That's called a retrade. Okay. Now Dell's even more, more sophisticated than that. 
Dell is one of these guys that he knows his markets. He knows his markets very well, just like I know my markets very well, just like you will know your markets very well, because that's that's one of those things that you develop as a real estate investor. You develop a sense of understanding of the real estate markets that you're operating in. So Dell doesn't even have to go through all of the effort. He doesn't have to go through all the effort to make an offer and then do his due diligence when he knows that the market is only commanding a certain price per asset based on certain demographic information. So basically what Dell's been doing is he's been finding assets that he wants to buy that he knows are overpriced. So he is making an offer to the owner of that property and basically saying, look, I know you're asking X for your property. I can only afford to pay Y for your property. I will make you that offer at the, the number Y. And if you can't obtain, you cannot obtain your number of X and you're willing to take my number of Y, I will close on the transaction. He's been very successful doing that. And you can be too. I'm serious as a heart attack. You can be that successful yourself. Now, some of you are going through this, this mind machination where you're going, I don't know how that is possible, dude. That, that sounds like the guy has a PhD in economics and real estate finance. And here's the, here's the real truth about our founder and CEO, Dell Walmsley. He's a high school graduate. Yeah, you heard me correctly. He's a high school graduate. Now, he, he will tell you he's taken some college. He, he went to school and took some accounting courses, but he never finished a four-year degree because his life was more focused on other things than pursuing that actual education. He found the sport of bodybuilding to be more fulfilling. I think he was Mr. Texas like once or twice. I don't know. You, you can ask Dell that question. I'm not so worried about what he did in the past. I'm worried about what he does now. More importantly, back in the day, he was working so hard trying to earn an income for himself, realizing that the system, if you will, the system that he was working within was designed to basically keep him working as, as much as possible so that he could fill the coffers of the owners of the business. Now, Dell, being, being Dell, Dell decided, I'm going to do something a little bit differently. I, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life working 60, 70, 80 hours a week trying, trying to do my bodybuilding on the side, making these guys a lot of money, and then getting no concessions from me. So what, what, what did Dell do? Well, he started researching how to invest in real estate. And what he did was he found himself a mentor, somebody that had been there, done that, that was willing to show him the ropes. And I will tell you this. At the age of 34, after two and a half years of doing just that, he retired himself. All right, so when we started the show, I was telling you about this, what was the Newsmax article that said, housing market dead from high prices. So when, whenever I see a news outlet classify an entire industry as DOA, it, it catches my eye. It catches it might catch your eye too, especially if you're thinking about being a real estate investor like I am and like our founder and CEO Del Walmsley is and, and like Mike and Andy, the other guys that do the Lifestyles Unlimited real estate investor radio show like I do. We're we're all we're all real estate investors. And I tell you, when we see something like this, it makes us take a pause and go, Okay, what are they up to now? What is the spin 
on the market. Let's let's see what these guys have to say. So, okay, this article was written by a guy by the name of Theodore Bunker. Now, ironically, I used to work for a Colonel Ted Bunker. Now, I'm pretty sure it's not the same guy. I'm pretty sure it's not the same guy because I know Colonel Bunker is like, well, he's he's a lot older than I am nowadays, and I don't think he writes for Newsmax. Okay, given given what he used to do in the military, I'm pretty confident this is not the same guy. This is a different guy. But this is what he says in the article. Home sales declined dramatically over the last year due to high prices and interest rates. Okay, that's that's what they say. Now, this is according to now th- this is Ted Bunker quoting Axios. Okay, Axios is a firm out there that uh, tries to determine you know what the direction the real estate markets are going in. So they're 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 data crunchers, if you will. Okay, they believe they are convinced that the housing market is dead right now. It's absolutely dead right now. Do you believe it? I don't believe it. Do you believe it? You might believe it. I don't think you should believe it. Let's let's see why these guys think the housing market is dead because I I don't believe it. I I'm I'm going on the record. I don't believe it. All right, so now they're quoting Redfin and their chief economist, a guy by the name of Daryl Fairweather. That's a pretty cool name, Fairweather. That, that's a cool name. I like that. Okay, so Daryl Fairweather, Redfin chief economist, noted that anyone looking to sell their house this year most likely did so at the beginning of the year when it became clear that mortgage rates would start increasing. Okay, let me stop right there. Let me tell you that Daryl is partially right in my, my personal experience. And let me, let me tell you what I was up to. At the beginning of the year, what we at Lifestyles Unlimited firmly understood, it was very crystal clear to all of us, was that we were in a seller's market. A seller's market. That means everything that exists in that marketplace benefits the seller. It doesn't benefit the buyer, although the buyer does get benefits from buying. The transaction, however, tends to benefit the seller. As a result of that, Tina and I sat down and we, we said, okay, well, what are we going to do with these single-family assets that we have? And at that time, we, had, we still had three single-family rentals. So we made a decision. If it's a seller's market and our residents decide they want to move out, they want to leave, we're going to do a quick improvement on the property to make it whatever it needs to be to command the highest dollar in the marketplace, and we're going to put that property on the market. And that's exactly what we did. As, as one resident moved out, we improved the property. In other words, we converted it from what I would consider rental grade to selling grade, which isn't really too different. Okay, it really isn't too different. And we put those assets on the market. Now, the first asset we put on the market, I received, I don't know, something like in the neighborhood of at least a dozen different offers. And what we decided to do was we sold to a veteran because every single offer that came in on that house was a financed offer. In other words, because the, the pricing of that house was still in what we would consider affordable ranges, it was less than $250,000, a lot of people would be able to buy it. Okay, And, and as Daryl Fairweather pointed out, the average 30-year fixed mortgage rate was still pretty low back then. Okay, As, as we know... In today's market, that, that rate is like 
above six and approaching seven. It's, it's actually in the sevens if you're a real estate investor. Okay, let's just be very clear about that. So the cost of money is becoming more expensive. In other words, the cost for you to use leverage on your transactions, on your deals, is becoming more expensive. This is just a side effect of what's going on in our economy. Because the, well, let's just call it what it is. The leadership in our country decided that it didn't like the direction the country was going in. And when a new president was elected, that new president signed a bunch of executive orders that completely transitioned how we were moving forward in this country. It basically was like, you know, pulling the emergency brake on on a train and hoping the thing didn't come off the rails. Unfortunately, our train, well, it came off the rails a little bit, didn't it? it it's been coming off the rails. I mean, in, in the almost three months that I was sidelined due, due to my, my surgery recovery, I, I watched the Fed literally increase the interest rate, the discount rate. That's, that's not what you and I can borrow at. That's, that's what the big financial institutions can borrow at. I watched them raise the discount rate a full three points, three points over the year. It's, like, it's crazy. It's crazy. The cost of money has gone way up. Now, why are they doing that? Because they believe that we're living through the Jimmy Carter era again. And, and they caused it. They caused it. The people in power caused it. I, I, okay, usually I try to stay very apolitical on this show, but I got to call out stuff that I see, okay? And, and this is one of the things that I saw that's causing me a negative impact in, in my investing strategy because I don't control the economy. I don't control the cost of money. I don't control what the Fed does. And the Fed... Basically, as far as I'm concerned, they took their eye off the ball like a year ago. And instead of just saying, hey, we've got an inflation problem, they tried to sweep it under the rug and then they called it transitory. And then when it wasn't transitory anymore, it was like, well, it's just the new normal. And, and now and now everything that I've been watching on the news has to do with the, the whoever is doing the news show explaining to me what my true rate of inflation is. And I think they came up with a number somewhere in the eights, right? You've heard that, like inflation's like in the eights, but they don't, they don't roll in the cost of food and they don't roll in the cost of fuel. Now, those are, those are two major expenses for the American household. And here's why. You got to eat, okay? And now you may not need to drive anywhere, but all the stuff you use in your household, well, it uses fuel to get to your household. It does. It uses fuel to get to your household. So as a result of that, we, oh my goodness, the actual true inflation numbers in Al's opinion is probably closer to 20%. That means it's costing you and I a lot more money to live. And, and now, and now Newsmax, they're coming out and they're flat out saying the housing market is dead from high prices. So you're probably sitting back going, well, all right, Mr. Real Estate Investor, how are you going to fix that? How are you going to get that all straightened out? Well, it's as simple as this. I'm just going to adjust what I'm doing so that whatever the market is giving me will benefit me. Oh, yeah, it's, it's that easy. And you're thinking, no, it's not. And I'm thinking, yeah, it is. When I come back from the break, I'll tell you why it is. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. We went from 100% live to 100% virtual. 
And you know, the funny thing is, is that nobody wants to go back to work now that work from home, right? So now my members are like, well, Dell, we want to keep those virtual things open because now I know all the people in Miami and I know all the people in Chicago. I know all the people now know each other from all over the country because of these virtual events. The free workshop, How to Retire in Five Years or Less, is online. Go to lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to the show. So as we're going to break, I was reinforcing the fact that Newsmax is emphatically telling you that the housing market is dead from high prices. And I don't believe it. I absolutely don't believe it. But you may believe it. You may you may be in a situation where you're experiencing the effects of a dead housing market due to high prices. So what what am I getting at? Okay. In the last segment, I, I told you that Tina and I, at the beginning of the year, had made a decision to liquidate our single-family assets. We, we still had three single-family assets in our portfolio, and we made the decision we wanted to liquidate those, and we wanted to move all the gains into multifamily because that's, that's how we choose to invest. We prefer to be fully invested in multifamily. So what, what we decided was as our residents made a decision – to move on and not renew a lease, we would put the property up for market after after we got it ready, you know, because here's the thing. When you put your property on the market, you need to make sure that the people that coming into the marketplace, now I don't care if you're selling or you're renting. Let me be very clear about this. I don't care if you're selling or you're renting a property. That property needs to be in its best possible condition when your prospective purchaser or prospective renter steps into it because you want it to convey information that they're not receiving when they go to other properties like wow this place is clean wow this place is nice wow look all the paint matches throughout oh look the flooring it's it matches throughout. It's got tile in the right places. It's got like hardwood looking floors in the rest of the places. Wow. Look at that kitchen. It popped. Oh, they spent some extra money on the countertops. Look how nice these countertops are. And those those appliances, they still have the new tag on them. It's still on those appliances. So, so what do you think goes through the mind of somebody that's either looking to buy or rent when they walk into a place that looks like well, let's call it a model home. Well, it usually goes to right to the top of their list and it becomes an asset they want to acquire. Yeah, it's an asset they want to require. acquire, acquire whether they're renting it or buying it. Does that make sense? Okay, so let me go back to our strategy that we had. Because it was a pure seller's market, Okay, and is, nowhere in this article do they talk about the fact we were converting from what was called a seller's market into what is now what I would consider closer to a buyer's market. And it was all due to the fact that the Fed, in their efforts to constrain inflation, they've been raising interest rates because that's that's all they know is to go back to the Jimmy Carter playbook, which is it's all going off the rails. And if we just don't stop everything in the economy in its tracks, America will die, which I don't believe would ever happen, to be honest with you, not unless we decide to let it die. Yeah, that's just the military guy in me coming out. All right, so 
we sold the first house. I, I think I told you we had like well over a dozen offers. We, we sold it to a Air Force veteran who's actually still serving. He used his VA. Okay, it cost me a little bit more money to do that transaction with that person. But let me, let me explain why I chose him. And it wasn't because he was a veteran. I would have liked to have chosen him specifically because he's a veteran, but this is a business decision for me. This is not a heart decision for me. Does that make sense? So what this gentleman did was he came in and he offered me, I think it was like $5,000 over my asking price. And because he was using a VA, he was able to buy the property for no money down as long as it appraised. Okay. And he even put a contingency in the contract that said, if it still didn't appraise, if, if it came in anywhere up to, say, $5,000 below, the, in other words, the appraisal came in up to $5,000 below what our agreed upon price was, he would make up the difference in cash, period, end of story. This is why this gentleman did this. He had been in the market for a house for well over a year. Yes, you heard me correctly, well over a year. He had made countless offer after offer after offer that were rejected because he was making full price offers and then people were coming in with better offers and he was losing his deals. Yeah, he was losing his deals. So what he decided to do based on, I believe, the input from his real estate agent. So what he decided to do was make the best possible offer that he could possibly make so that he could actually win one for a change. And that's how he won it. He actually came in with, with a higher price deal that netted me more money than any of the other deals. And if, if the appraisal came in up to $5,000 below the selling price, I would not have to go into decision-making mode as to whether I would reduce the price to meet the veteran's buying ability or I would kill the deal. He, he, he just said, look, man, if, if you go into that particular place, I got an out for you. <laughs> it's like, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. All I got to do is get it to appraise. And trust me, my, my real estate agent that I use for selling properties, well, she's actually a licensed appraiser too. Yeah. So I, trust me, when it comes to valuing properties, one of the reasons I use Bonnie is because she understands valuation. That's, that's one of those things that I always struggled with as an investor, but she has like this laser focus. I mean, I, I, I'd say, what's, that, what's the house worth, Bonnie? And she would give me a range literally within $1,000. Yeah, like she'd say, well, house is worth 235. You could probably go to 234, 236. It's probably where it's going to appraise. I'm like, sweet. So we actually put that house on the market for 235 and I sold it for 240. Yeah, does that, that makes total sense, right? Okay, so we actually own the house right next door to it. Yeah, and those residents were making a decision that they wanted to buy a house. And as a result of that, they asked me if, you know, they could go on a month to month. And I said, sure, you can go on a month to month. I'll, I'll give you a couple months to do that. I mean, they, they were great residents. They paid on time, never complained. When I had a minor problem with them, I addressed it with them and they fixed it like that. Literally like that. Okay. They were what I consider model residents. When I went into the property after they moved out to do, to do the walkthrough inspection, um, and, and I said, hey, you guys want to come back and do the walkthrough inspection with me? They're like, no, well, we trust you. I'm like, wow, you trust me? Well, I went through the property. It was in better condition than I think it was in when we rented the property to them. 
Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Model people. That's why you do good things for good people, because they return good things back to you. So we went in. We did the make ready on this one. It wasn't as expensive as the, as the other one, because this property was actually in a little bit better condition. And we put it on the market for 235 And you know what happened? I received not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, 17 offers on this particular house. Now, this house was actually a little smaller than the one next door. Yeah, but the offers were coming in higher. And as a matter of fact, I had a bunch of like first time home buyer offers, which to be honest with you, I'm, I'm really interested in entertaining. But then there was this one offer off to the side. And I thought, okay, what's going on with this one here, Bonnie? And she said, well, I've been saving this one because what we have here is we have somebody coming from California that sold their house there. They want to buy a house in Texas. They're relocating here to be closer to their children. They're, they're, they're selling their house and it should close escrow in about 10 days. So they're just asking for a, a 10 day contingency to allow that property to close so that they can buy your property. Oh, and by the way, they're offering you $255,000. Yeah, you heard me correctly. I listed for 235. Most of my offers were in that 235 to 240 range. Okay. But I had an offer now for 255, all cash, 10 day closing, no contingencies, they wanted to do inspections, but there were no contingencies that allowed them to use the inspection results as an out on the property. In other words, if that place had been a total dump uh, functionally, in other words, all the mechanical systems, all the plumbing systems, all that stuff just didn't work, you know, and they found that out in the inspection. And then they found out maybe it was like $30,000 to fix that. There was no contingency for them to walk away. Now, fortunately for them, they were, they were buying from an honest guy. And we made great sales, great returns. All right, let me get to the meat and potatoes of what we're talking about and what Newsmax is really trying to convey to you, because I think it's a very, very important point, a very important distinction that you have to make. And here, I'm just going to read right out of the article. Redfin real estate agent, Ty, oh my, I should have practiced this guy's name. Let's just say Mr. Arbelli. Okay, I can't pronounce his first name. It's probably beautiful, but I just can't pronounce it. Mr. Arbelli um, said that house hunters today are taking their time to explore their options. Whereas six months ago, they had to act quickly and pull out every stop to complete to compete because homes were selling almost instantly. You know what they just described? They just described exactly what I've been talking to you about over the last segment and a half. The fact that we were in something called a seller's market. And in a seller's market, the seller has more influence over the actual transaction, much more influence. Okay, let me go on. Home buyers now will agree to buy a house and they'll be doing an inspection and then they'll back out because found another home they love more. Oh, what does that sound like to you? Doesn't sound like a seller's market, does it? Sounds like more like a buyer's market, more like a buyer's market, except here's the big challenge. Home buyers are finding that by the time they go under contract, and if they haven't locked in their mortgage rates, the rates could be much higher than when they actually toured the home, because that's what the Fed has been doing, right? The Fed has been pushing mortgage. Well, the Fed hasn't been pushing mortgage rates up. Let's be clear about that. They've been pushing the discount rate up. The Mortgage rates are controlled by 
other entities. Let's just call them other entities, okay? So those mortgage rates are controlled by the markets. It's really the markets. And as a result of that, they look at what the discount rate is doing, and then they make adjustments. Like when we had that first interest rate adjustment for us as consumers of, of money, that's, that's what we are. When we buy a mortgage, we're consumers of that money. We're buying that money. When we buy that money, it costs us a certain amount of money. And that certain amount of money needs to be programmed in to our financial analysis of that property. You heard me correctly. I don't care if you're buying it as a home buyer, somebody wants to live in it and consume it, or you buy it as an investor, somebody that's going to buy it, renovate it if necessary, and then put it back into inventory as clean, functional workforce housing. Home buyers were getting jerked around. They were. They were getting jerked around because the interest rates went up unexpectedly. That, that first discount rate, change that the fed did i don't know it was back what april march may i don't know whenever it was right remember they said they were gonna they were gonna raise the discount rate and they were they were projecting like 1.75 points maybe maybe two full points but they only raised it three quarters of a point well just based on the fact that they had indicated they were planning to raise it more over time over the year of 2022 which by the way we haven't even arrived at the end of yet the mortgage markets jumped the mortgage rate from like the threes to the fives. I mean, it went like that, a full two points overnight. Because what the mortgage markets were trying to do was, was anticipate the discount rate changes and get ahead of it. So what they did was they caused people to all of a sudden either still be qualified for property or not be qualified for the property. Because a two-point change in the mortgage cost for somebody looking to buy a home, let's say they were wanting to buy my home and let's say they were willing to pay the 235. Well, chances are they were, they were sized for their loan based on a $235,000 price point based on what they earn, their debt to income ratio, all the stuff that the mortgage bankers do for you, right? But when that mortgage rate ticks up, all of a sudden your costs to live in that home go up and that blows your ratios and now you are priced out of the market through no fault of your own. You didn't do anything wrong other than you didn't get the transaction done before something else happened in the marketplace. Okay. This is why they're saying the housing market is dead. It is dead. It is becoming dead to people who want to buy assets, not, not to put in their portfolio, but to buy assets that they can live in and consume. That's, that's the big difference between all of my assets. Yeah, it's the big difference between all of my assets. So all, I should say all of my real estate assets. That's probably the, the better way to describe it. All of my real estate assets, except for one, are in my portfolio. They're all in my portfolio. They're all working to advance my personal financial objectives. They're all on track. They're all doing what they're supposed to be doing. I have no issues with any of my investments right now. There is one asset that I own that's real estate related that is not in my portfolio. It's the house I live in. Now, this is Tina's dream house. 
This is the house that I have always wanted to get for my beautiful wife because, number one, I love her very much. And number two, she absolutely deserves it after living with with me for the last 27 years. Yes, we're going to celebrate our 27 uh, wedding anniversary this month, I'm very proud to say. And so for 27 years, my, my beautiful wife has put up with me. So she deserves this, this great house. But here's the problem with this house. It doesn't put any money into my pocket. As a matter of fact, the money that comes from other sources, yeah, all my, my portfolio money, I, I tend to spend that money here on this house because I don't pay myself rent. I don't. I don't pay myself rent. But what I do do with this house is I consume this house. Now, some of the things that, that Tina's wanted to do with the house that I was kind of like, well, we should put the money. We should buy more apartment complexes. Okay. At a certain point, you got to give in to your wife. Okay. Because when we moved into the house, it was, it was beautiful. It was mostly carpeted. It was beautiful, kind of a whitish color Berber carpet. Okay. And this is, this was, this is the top end stuff. Cause I, I actually still have this carpet in two of my rooms. I'm in one of them right now that has this carpet. And the reason I left it in here is because it, it helps with the sound dampening. Cause this is my studio. Okay. But in the rest of the house where there was carpet and, and tile, and trust me, there were, there was tile in about five different places in this house and none of the tile matched. None of the tile matched. It was driving my wife bananas. So one of the things I promised her that she could do was I would give her a $100,000 budget to renovate this house that we're in. Now, keep in mind, this is not a rental property. This is a, it's a higher-end home. Okay, We live in a very nice neighborhood. I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just telling you what, what, I, what I consume. Okay, I, I don't have to consume this great property. I, I could actually consume a much smaller property and, you know, have you more money to go travel with. But traveling is only a portion of what Tina and I enjoy doing together. As a matter of fact, one of the things we enjoy doing together is just being together, being around each other. Yeah, I know that some of you women are out there going, I would shoot my husband. I know. Trust me, this crossed Tina's mind. It's, it, it has. But I gave her a $100,000 budget to renovate this place. And she put $55,000 into flooring. Yeah, she ripped out all this carpet, all this tile, and she put in this beautiful tile flooring throughout the downstairs, except in these two rooms that, that I left carpet. Upstairs, we took out all the carpeting, and we did these, these beautiful hardwood floors. It is just, it's just gorgeous up there. Okay, it's like two different, two different worlds in our house. And that's the talent of my wife. That's the talent of my wife taking $55,000 and transforming this house that we consume. But here's the thing. By doing that flooring improvement project on this particular house, it increased the value of my house, but it's an unrealized gain. And because I'm living in this house, I'm not necessarily going to do anything that's going to affect the financing I have on the house or anything like that. Cause I got, I got a crazy 2.85% loan on this particular house. Yeah. See, see when you understand how the markets are operating and what the markets will give you versus what they won't give you, you can make informed decisions. And even though I've been talking to you about real estate investment assets and non real estate investment assets in today's show, I want you to understand the market is what the market is. Newsmax is basically saying if you're in the market to buy for your own personal consumption, that whatever you looked at almost a year ago is probably out of your price range now and you need to 
adjust your expectations. Okay. That's not what I do. That's not what I do at all. As a matter of fact, I've been looking at deal flow here. I, I can't, I can't believe all the deals are coming in that with, with assets that are out there, because I guarantee you this, no matter what the market is doing, there are sellers out there that must sell. And if there are less buyers in the marketplace to compete with me, who do you think wins out in that scenario? Well, that would be me. And that could also be you because we can teach you the exact same thought process that I've been using on this entire show. Yeah, you can, you can actually assimilate this thought process just by becoming a member of Lifestyles Unlimited, just by going through the educational programs and by immersing yourself in the network of people, in the network of ideas, in the network of, well, just about everything that we do at Lifestyles Unlimited. Wow, there's that music again. I guess it means that I've been a little bit too wordy on today's show. I guess that's good when you're in talk radio. But I want to remind you that there's a place for you to get started. Go to lifestylesunlimited.com. Everything you need is at your fingertips. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.